1: Taking a move that I make I give it everything I got Cause that what it takes I push the limit till it breaks The heart of the brave The soul of a legend with the will to be paid Hold
0: up Welcome <laughs> If you've ever heard me talk about my family, then you know that I was raised by an incredible mother and four beautiful sisters. Throughout my life and career, dynamic women, Hannah Storm, Robin Roberts, Pam Oliver, guided me and shown me how to push through adversity. I've had the great pleasure of interviewing some of these powerful women on this podcast who then shared their experiences and the hard work it takes to make a difference. One was longtime friend in Los Angeles Lakers on the Genie Bus. Jeannie shared her rise as the most powerful woman in sports and how she's now empowering female athletes. I also spoke with one of the funniest women in comedy today, Emmy nominated actress, comedian, Miss Pat. I couldn't believe some of the hardships she endured on her way to the top. There was also former USA gymnast Sarah Klein, who explained how she was the first victim of Larry Nasser, the team doctor for USA gymnastics, who was found guilty of abusing hundreds of female athletes. Sarah's now a powerful attorney who took back control of her life, helping others find their voices too. You all know I'm a big WWE fan. During WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, I sat down with Becky Lynch to discuss the impact of women in the world of WWE. I've also had the wonderful actress Javicia Leslie on who shared how she learned to find joy, peace, and gratitude in an industry They can sometimes steal it. Let's listen to all these empowering women and hear what they have to say. I want you to talk to me about, you know, this women's wrestling league. I mean, I get into the Lakers and you and all of that stuff. I mean, forget all of that for a second. I want to talk about this women's wrestling league. Uh, I mean, now... You're an owner with this. What's going on with this? Talk to me about this league right here, Jeannie. What, why? Why did you? Why did you jumpstart this?
2: Well, I knew that um, you know women would look to me and what my investment would be in women's sports, given mm-hmm. my background.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: what was important to me was I would figure out something. I, I'd been a part of so many minor league, you mm-hmm. know, sports that that you know, went bankrupt after two, three, eight years and never made it. Uh, Roller hockey, um, indoor soccer, you know, you name it, I did it. But I wanted something that would be sustainable, that would be a business model that if women really wanted to have an opportunity to perform and be in sports and have a, a platform, that wrestling really did provide it. We have, uh, you know, in this country, because of Title IX, we have this just huge amount of female athletes who, um, you know, excel at their sport and play, uh, you know, in college for four Mm -hmm. years. And, you know, to become a Division I college athlete, you have to sacrifice 10, 11, 12 years old. You are training and, you know, you you reach the, the height of your sport, you know, playing field hockey for the number one team in the country. But now you graduate and your eligibility is gone. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're still an athlete. You still have the discipline and the training and the the, the guts to be a performer. Mm-hmm. And wrestling has traditionally been, uh, you know, something that has. Uh, stood the test of time and has lasted through the decades and has lasted through radio, television, streaming, you know, whatever it right. it, it can, um, you know, uh, roll with the, the changing media landscape. And women traditionally in wrestling have been only a sideshow or the undercard. They've never been given the, the, the spotlight, the main stage. And so putting all that experience together and knowing that we would have, um, you know, female athletes that would be interested in, you know, uh, using their training in another way. And it's really just been so terrific being able to give these, you know, not only are they athletically talented, but they have the personalities Mm -hmm. to sell themselves and, you know, they wouldn't have another opportunity to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm providing it and more women need to think that way and Mm -hmm. invest in women's sports.
0: The person that he wanted in control was you. And to me, you have spent years showing that you're worthy of the level of trust he's placed in you. So I ask you again, when you think about what you've accomplished, despite some of the Lakers struggles and what have you, the bottom line is you've got a championship on your resume. All right. First female to pull it off in NBA history, by the way, I'd like to add that. Um, What would he say to Jeannie Buss today based on what you've accomplished? He
2: would say, that's my girl. (laughs) Like, I I mean, he would, he would be, he would be happy, but then it would be, okay, what are you going to do next? Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you don't uh, stop and, you know, just sit back. It's like, how do you, how do you continue to evolve the team and Mm -hmm. keep going?
1: This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high?
0: For people who don't know you, who living under a rock, and they don't know who you are right now, because you're one of the hottest things going right now, I'm going to break down this. And anything that I'm wrong about, just let me know. I'm okay. born in Atlanta, Georgia. Gave birth to your first child at fourteen and your second child at fifteen. Am I correct? Yes, by a married man. That's right. <laughs> the father of your first two children was eight years your senior. Is that correct? Yes. Sexually abusing you since the age of twelve. Is that correct? Uh, I thought that was my boyfriend. But you I'm, can keep going. <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Earl. Earl I, I mean. It says that earlier, in your earlier years, in your earlier childhood, you were sexually abused by one of your mother's boyfriends. Is that true? Yes, yes. Your two younger children were conceived late in life with your husband, of course. You then yes. adopted four children who are the biological children of your niece because she had a crack addiction. That's true? Yes,
4: I have them now.
0: Wow. And uh, of course, you know, at age 15, You began selling crack cocaine while supporting yourself and your two children using the street name Rabbit. Is that true? Yes. Last but not least, shot twice, once in the head, once in the nipple, and you were also hit by a dump truck. (laughs) Is this true? (laughs) Yes. This
4: is my my kid's father. I'm a comedian, so the dump truck was a pickup truck. Okay, (laughs) But I was shot in the titty and I was shot in the back of the head by my kid's father.
0: Wow. And so obviously that's not a laughing matter. How is it that you've been able to laugh and be committed to making other people laugh going through what you've been through?
4: Well, I always tell people, you know, there's, you can't change the past. So why dwell on things you cannot change? You know, when you can take what's caused you pain in your life and turn it into laughter, then that means you winning. I mean, I'm smiling every day. I could be somewhat depressed, on drugs, feeling sorry for myself, but that's not going to heal me, that I can't get back what they took from me. So I just decided to smile and create a life
0: that I'm, I'm one day happy and I'm happy. When you think about you and where you've come and and how you've gotten to this point, talk to me about that special and what kind of message you wanted to send the people watching that particular special. Because I know how it hit me.
4: (laughs) I just wanted people to be able to take, you know, like I said earlier, what they've been through in life. And laugh at it because I talked about being molested in that special. I talked about, you know, growing up in a bootleg house, all kinds of stuff. I just want people to be able to, to you know, to open up and let go. And that's the message I gave at the end. Mm. Don't you let anything control you. Mm. Free yourself. You don't have to. You don't have to dwell in pain and hurt. Let it go. Let it out. Hmm. And I wanted people to see me smiling while I was delivering some of these crazy stories that I had been through as a child hmm. with a smile on my face. Yeah.
0: Let me get to you specifically with this regard. The abuse, according to you, began when you were eight years old. But you've said you didn't even recognize it until you were in your 30s. Explain that for folks who may not understand uh, how, how that came to be, how you reached that conclusion. Talk to us about that.
3: Absolutely. That's the number one question I get. You know, I have a daughter who's seven and a half um, she is so innocent. She's still figuring out, you know, how to write in cursive and, and read, you know, read chapter, but I mean, she's so innocent. And that was mm-hmm. the age I was when I first met this adult who came into our gym. We were told, you know, you have to go back to this back room and you have to be treated by this athletic trainer. He was not even a doctor or in medical school yet mm-hmm. State University, and so we go back there. And he's kind, he's loving, he's friendly, he's warm, and you know that in and of itself is is part of the grooming technique. Kids mm-hmm. loved him. He w- he, w- I, I equate him to like a Labrador puppy, like kind of nerdy, goofy, um, silly, sweet. Um, and you contrast that with what was going on in the gym, which was. The verbal, physical uh, abuse of our coach, John Getter, who you just spoke about, who on the day he was supposed to show up to his arraignment after 24 counts of child abuse was committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not want to face the music. So I say often, like, he beat our little tiny child psyches down into thinking we, I, I mean, I lived in fear and trepidation all mm-hmm. the time. Wow. I would grow up before practice and so then you're sent back to this nice guy who's throwing all these medical terms out there my seven and a half year old wouldn't know when i bring her to the doctor the doctor takes a strep you know throat throat exam and that's because i told her to and the doctor told her to you know what i mean children neatly trust adults
1: The moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The sticking like my lifeline. Until I flat line, I push it to the red line. Who stop me, huh? Who stop me high?
0: Talking about WWE in this day and age and how it wouldn't be where it is if it were not for women such as yourself, of course, such as yourself, of course, the Charlotte Floods, Bianca Belair, and others, obviously they come into consideration. But considering what women have done for the sports world overall being specific to the wwe what has women done in your estimation for this sport
5: brought in a whole new audience brought in brought in a bigger female audience i think our our female audience is up 40 percent now Mm -hmm. and i think um i think you get that relatability Mm -hmm. if i see for example ufc right Right. i prefer watching the women fight because I'm a woman, so I can picture myself in that in that regard. Um, but also, it's just we're we're all just people doing the sport, and we're all just telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I think gender aside, um, I think you can. We do bring in a larger female audience because we show what what um, is capable. But in general, I think I think we're at this stage where, where gender be damned, we're just mm-hmm. flowing with our stories and we're just superstars. See, to me, it shouldn't be gender be damned, Becky. I got to tell you something. I don't understand guys.
0: I'm going to get on guys for a second because they drive me crazy. All right. How is it anybody in show business knows if you really want to be big time and you really want to get paid, it helps to have the ladies. Oh, it yes, helps to but... have the ladies supporting you. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if, if you have a female audience out there Male or female, as an athlete, if you have a female audience out there, chances your chances of being big time are exponentially higher. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So well, what? What is it? Why? Why could it? Why is it now that people seem to be figuring it out? Oh, oh my goodness, we the the ladies they make a forty percent of the WWE audience. That's a plus. It's always been a
2: plus.
5: Always been a plus. No, I was talking about gender be damned in terms mm. of storylines. We don't need it. Doesn't it doesn't matter for women or for men? Right. We're all just top stars. We can mm. be the main event. It doesn't matter. Okay. If, that 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 yeah. was what i was saying in terms of a female audience well we like to shop a lot yes. so, so, so we spend a lot of money and we buy right. a lot of merchandise right. and i think when you have a when you have a larger female um following it's it's also more more marketable because mm-hmm. because we get in we like to mm. we get all in we get all in.
0: That's right. What did it do to you specifically? What did it do personally? Because when you hear people talking about the Becky Lynch story, they talked about trials and tribulations overcome. What did it do to you having to experience all of those different things?
5: Um, I'm not, I'm not sure really. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it set me on a different path, right? Like it put me in a different school and with a different group of people. And they weren't bad people but we were up to no good. You know, we were all up to no good. You got you. And um and I think and I think it took me a couple of years to see that that wasn't the path that I wanted to go down mm-hmm. and I wanted something different for myself. And and my way of getting something different for myself then this path that I could see myself going down was, uh, was wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was, in a way, my way out.
0: You know what, when I think about myself and I'm thinking about my sports career and whatever, I thank the good Lord that I ran into sports because it saved my life. From the standpoint of being associated with the streets, growing up in the streets of New York City, having to deal with the things that I had to deal with I could have easily went down the wrong side of the tracks and sports did that for me because even though I'm not a quote-unquote professional athlete the bottom line is my association with the world of sports has benefited me tremendously and so there's a level of appreciation that I have for it that'll never go away is that how you feel about wrestling
5: yes 100 percent and I think that's the other part of it, you bring up not being like an athlete. I wasn't an athlete. And that's why I loved McFoley so much. He mm-hmm. wasn't an athlete, but he would do things and he would tell a story. And it's the storytelling aspect of, mm-hmm. of wrestling that um, I love. I think that um, it's, it's that has brought me to a different level. Mm-hmm. And that's what I concentrate on more than anything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do everything in the ring, but how do we tell the story? How do we get people emotionally invested? I just want the fans of me to feel the way that I did mm-hmm. when I was a kid, when I was watching, how can we make people feel? And that is the beautiful thing about what we do um, is, is, yes, there's the athleticism, there's the showmanship, but we make people feel, and mm-hmm. that is freaking
0: beautiful. How do you think you've been able to pull that off personally?
5: How, how have I been how, able
0: to? To get people to invest in you emotionally. How have you been able to pull that off? Because you've pulled that off in a way that far exceeds most of your contemporaries. I
5: think because I think about it constantly. How can I make people feel? How can I tell a story? How can I make this different? And then the other thing about it is, is I think um, there's a maybe a bit of a vulnerability that I've been able to show mm-hmm. throughout my career. I think people have seen that I wasn't always the top prospect I didn't come in built like a Bianca Belair or like a natural gifted athlete like a Charlotte Flair or just um somebody who you can point at and go that's a star like Rhea Ripley I wasn't any of those things I I I was the complete underdog but I have a passion for this and I love this and I think I bring that out and I think I've always been a bit of a heart on my sleeve person there's a thing in pro wrestling where you know like even though we're, we're selling tickets. We're selling everything. We're selling in the ring. Um, you got to no sell everything. I'm not good at that. I'm mm. not good at that. I'm very much here's my passion. Here's how I feel <laughs> at every moment. Mm. And uh, and I think people can read that from either the TV or, or the energy in the arena. They've
0: endured a scenario or a situation or an experience that was so downtrodden. So difficult to deal with emotionally and spiritually because there was a level of misery attached to it that once they grab, once they capture something where they see what true joy really, really looks like, they want to hold on to it for dear life. What was that experience for you, if you could tell? Was there a miserable experience that you could point to that made you say, I never want to deal with this again?
6: <laughs> but honestly, even if I pointed to it in hindsight, it had to do with my perspective and it had to mm. do with how I let other people impact me when in truth it's like you don't come to work for everybody to be your friend you know i it would be great if that ends up happening but that's not technically why we come to work we come to work to tell these beautiful stories and to get the job right. done and i think once you take the pressure off and i i, I i'm a gemini i'm 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 a female like we we're, we're people pleasers by nature and i think once you take the pressure off of wanting everyone to like you you end up going into these into these situations just happy and grateful to be there. And as long as I'm staying in like, and I'm not even saying it in like a idealistic kind of way. I'm, I'm, I'm honest because I've experienced both and I learned from the negative experience. And what I learned from that negative experience is, is if I go into the situation, grateful, then I'm grateful for whatever these individuals have to offer, or I'm grateful for whatever this set has to offer or mm. production has to offer. And I take what I can from it and I give what I can to it. And then we just move on.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Stephen A. Smith Show, Empowering Women. Thanks for watching. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And please let me know which powerhouse women you'd like me to invite on a future episode. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcast.